Once again, on Paranormal XL Podcast, I am Gigi, and you are... Mama Mary. Oh, you said it right this time. <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, I gotta say it right, gotta say it right. Um, we have some amazing investigations coming up. One I'm super excited about is the one at the Willis House Inn in Willis, Michigan. We were invited by our amazing friends from Scar Encounters. I thought that was really awesome for them to include us. Yeah, that is pretty cool. They are super nice people. You mm-hmm. got to meet them at the Parapod. party. I did. I really liked them. They are so kind and like just. Yeah, they're very open and very nice. Yes. And just, it would be very easy to get along with. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like they involve so many different other teams. And like Amanda's always um, giving shout outs and stuff to these other teams that they come encounter with. So they are, they're great. And it's going to be a wonderful time. And it's going to help us as a crew too, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Seeing and being able to work with people that are so dedicated. Um. So, speaking of spooky houses and locations, we had a... Okay, we didn't have a miscommunication. I had a misthought. <laughs> so, uh, on today's episode, we are going to do um, haunted houses and haunted cemeteries. There you go. Because Mama Mary knew what was going on. She's going to cover the cemeteries, and I'm going to cover the houses. Yay! It's like double the pleasure and double the fun. Yeah, always. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do. Yeah, right? kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk paranormal. Yay. I'm all looking at you. You want to go with the haunted cemetery first? Sure. Actually, I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to scroll down here a little bit and talk about one of my favorite ones. Uh, it's a uh, pure cemetery and, um, or pure Cheney cemetery. And I've been wanting to go to the cemetery for, um, a really long time. So I'm going to have to make it a point to actually have us go visit it. It's yes. up in Ross Common um, County. And it's um, it's basically what remains of, it's, you know, ghost town. It kind of like died out, I think, in like the 1920s from just kind of a lots of different kind of disease. But they even say that there is a witch. I'll go into the story further, but the basic story is, you know, lots of disease came through they blamed it on a witch cursing them. And so they hung her and they buried her. So there's like 90 people that are buried in the cemetery. So it's a very small cemetery and it's okay. hard to get to. You literally have to take a two track to get there. Okay. It's, it can be difficult to find from what I hear, but there's like tons of activity at the cemetery. And it just kind of fascinates me to um be able to go there. They've seen, you know, people see the lights all over, and, you know, lights in the woods that are surrounding it. And when they come back to their cars, there's unexplained handprints that are on their cars. And um, it's basically, it's filled with ghost stories and everybody has their, you know, own take on it. And, uh, you know, there was a witch and she was banned from the woods. And they blamed that there was a huge outbreak of disease and fires on her. And um, which... Kind of, when I think about that story, it kind of strikes me funny only because they say she's buried there too. So, and amazingly that they would still bury her if, you know, that was the case. They would still bury her in their cemetery. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because they were saying that she was a witch. Now, why mm-hmm. would you want a witch buried in your cemetery? It seems that they would have done something else with her body. That is odd. Do you think that's a stop at, um, not too far out of our way on our way up next weekend? It could be, because I think um, it's not in Grayling. It might be in Grayling. That's, you You have to drive through there on 75. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like the only thing that can that actually grows there is like moss. Interesting. But they've, they've had reports of um, seeing ghosts and figures, glowing orbs, hearing voices. That would be sweet to stop there. Get a... Okay. Yep. It is in Grayling. Which I believe we, when I... You do. You drive You drive by it. it. Yep. Yeah, Grayling. And then um another one that I found fascinating, probably because it has my name in it. And it's... it's um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's oh, in, yeah. Uh, I know this one. Yeah, the Grave of Little Mary. It's in um Jackson at the Hillcrest Memorial Park. And it's it's kind of... um 
an interesting idea. You know, basically the whole story is she was um, alive in the 1800s. The family was a big name, you know, in Jackson at the time. And I think right before she turned eight or like a day after she turned eight, she was really sick. And I forget how to pronounce the, the ailment, but basically her appendix ruptured. And so she died oh. of that infection. Appendicitis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then, um, so, so they buried her and then the, the saying goes that the mom was, was panicking and wanted them to bear it to, you know, unbury her and bring her back up. And so they did just to calm her down. And, um, when they did, they saw scratch marks on the inside of the coffin. So the rumor is that whether it's, you know, yeah. an urban legend or not, is basically she was buried alive. Oh, I know that's a, a lot of people's fears. Well, being yeah. anybody's really, like, not being so, able to get out. So the saying goes like, um, you know, the experiences that people have there, it, you know, hearing scratching or the screams or the crying or, you know, feeling yeah. the touching. There's even accounts. I was reading a story of somebody who um, went there to do an investigation and they could hear scratching at their feet at the Ooh. gravestones. Wow. That's, that's I thought that was far. Mm-mm. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then um, they have one at Redford Cemetery. And this is by Metro Detroit. And it's, um, reported with tons of paranormal events with, you know, the sound of a woman crying at night and other people say that the ground has started to shake while they're there and that they see like, um, like a dark figure that comes out and follows them around. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, thanks. I find that fascinating. Well, good. I'm glad you do. You want me to hit some houses? I wonder if there's any houses that would be close to these places. Uh, Some of them do. Um, 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 um. Actually, the one that we are going to with Scar Encounters has one, actually, I think slightly down the street. Oh. Um, I forget that's a double thing. <laughs> it would be interesting to get a house that's on location of a cemetery because of the, like, um, groundskeepers living there or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, like, that's haunted, too. The one that caught my eye, and I actually tried to find more information on it. So if any of our listeners know information of this one, I really, really, really want to hear this one. It's in Milan, Ohio, the Milan Witch. Um, and I can't find much in the history of the location besides that the story says the witch originally owned the house. And when she was killed, they buried her under the front porch, which, of course, well, I want to go visit. It is a creepy looking house. Um, Like I said, I would love to know more. There wasn't much history on the house at all, but it is not, it's vacant, Mm -hmm. but very dangerous to go up there or whatever. But I, I I don't know. Well, of course, a witch, I, duh, I want to go see it, but it looked very awesome. Another one is uh, Woodburn Mansion. That's in Delaware. So the governors of Delaware got more than what they bargained for when they moved their official residence in Dover. Woodburn Mansion, built in 1798, has housed the state's governor since 1965. It's also allegedly the home to some most friendly ghosts, including the spirit of the builder who blasts any wine that might be left out each night. Huh. (laughs) Well, first of all, you don't leave wine out. I'm just saying. I don't ever have any left. That's kind of hateful. (laughs) Visitors and the residents have reported seeing the man Charles Hilliard III wearing a 1700-style powdered wig and breeches. Another ghostly resident is a small girl in gingham dress, supposedly sighted by guests during the inauguration of Governor Mike Castle in 1985. Oh, those are some good encounters. Yeah. yeah. Another one in Ohio. Was that Ohio? No, that was... (sighs) Everything I've been doing research lately is like Ohio and Indiana. It's weird. (laughs) But the Franklin Castle in Ohio... Um, this imposing Cleveland home has a reputation for horror, <laughs> not hero, horror, <laughs> also known as the Trideman House. This home at four, or bleh, 4308 Franklin Avenue was built in 1881. The haunted house rumors started around 1965. According to the Encyclopedia of Cleveland History, which dismisses the tales as spirits, spirits perhaps, but spooky nonetheless. According to the legend, the house is full of hidden passages and rooms used to conceal liquor during Prohibition. Several of the Hyman family children died while the family occupied the home. Uh, perhaps the creepiest tale is that 
is that an occupant once found piles of baby bones in one of the secret rooms. Oh. See, I'd love to come across, like, a home that we decided to investigate, and it has, like, all these hidden doors and passages and stuff. Like, that'd be so cool. There is this one house. Yeah. Oh, well, no. Your dad and I were um, looking for houses. Creepiest house ever. There is definitely something very evil there. And it was an older house. Um, I think, not old, old. It was, like, built in the 1970s. And it literally had five rooms. But my take on it was there was this man with dementia who was doing the remodeling and people were helping him because it was weird. There was like literally passageways and it was just a weird feel to um, the house in general. Like when you walked upstairs, the bathroom was literally bathroom stalls. And this was a normal house. It was a normal house. And then, uh, you know, then you could tell where they kept on building additions and adding things. And they had, it was cute. There was like a lot of potential to this house. Interesting. And, um, but when you walked, I, I felt a really bad energy when we walked downstairs. Like it hit me and pushed me back. It was right. strong. But like there was a hole broken out of the wall and you went through it and it was like you walked onto the other side of the basement. It was like it had two basements. But it was so weird. And it was literally like secret passageways. They did they did additions and what used to be the kitchen was now some kind of weird storage space. And then it was cool if you had a lot of stuff. Like if you were into scrapbooking and you they had yeah. drawers in the wall, like little drawers all the way lined up the wall. Oh, wow. And But if you like walked into the back bedroom and you opened up the closet, it had stairs going nowhere. And then above the garage, it you could tell they were building a whole new addition you know, above this garage. And, um, it was just so weird because you could literally look over to the left and see the roof of the other house. And there was like a, a hallway going down to the roof of the house. It was weird. That's all I got to say. So like no rhyme or reason for no rhyme or reason whatsoever. It was like, well. um, like that movie Rose red and that weird house that was constantly changing. That's what it felt like. There was bad energy, but it felt oh, like weird. there was like energy there that was trapped because it didn't know where to go. It was right. weird. It was it was weird. That is weird. Stop telling stories. You weird me out. I'm just kidding. Tell us all the stories you have. I'll do one more and then we can get... I like hearing you tell me about cemeteries. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Pioneer Park. It's in Colorado. It's the uh, most famous spooky spot in the Stanley Hotel in Estates Park, which inspired the Stephen King novel The Shining. Oh, nice. But the snowy ski town of Aspen has its share of things that go bump in the night. Pioneer Park, or the Henry Weber House, is one of the mm, is one of the few old structures left in Aspen. It was built in the 1880s and is supposedly haunted by the wife of the builder, Henry Weber. According to Aspen Times, Harriet Weber died suddenly in 1881, only a year after the couple arrived in the in the then mining town and set up a shoe business. Harriet's last words were allegedly Henry will know, spurring, spurring rumors that her death was a murder or a suicide. In fact, she died of, um, uh, I can't pronounce that, strychnine overdose? Strychnine? Strychnine. Yeah, strychnine overdose, which doesn't rule out the possibility of an accident. The poison was sold as an over-the-counter anxiety cure at the time. Henry Weber went to marry his wife's niece, with whom he may have been having an affair a mere four months later. Oh. Ouch, bastard. That's kind of rude. Yeah. Man, I'm just kidding. Hmm. I can't be hating. But that was... Well, what do you think is, like, the most haunted city in the United States? The United States. City? Mm -hmm. City, city. Uh, I would say, I don't know, just because there's a million cities, but I would almost say New York or somewhere over that way just because there's more history there. There is a lot of history there. Well, they they say that New Orleans is considered like... The, the most haunted place which which makes sense because there's still a lot of history down there because there you is. know it's all that creole history and the voodoo and yeah that if if i had to go to a second place other than salem that's where i would go next and you know discover that that hoodoo good i'm gonna go there without and, uh, you, know, and you then, i'm just kidding i try to get your dad to go i said he could look at 
as many boobs as he wanted. <laughs> he just looked at me like that was weird. Well, Ethan's grandma on his dad's side lives down there. <sighs> and she said, it was, it's like a half hour away from New Orleans, but she said if I ever wanted to bring Ethan down there, we'd have a place to stay and she would take us and show us New Orleans. And That's awesome. Say. You should do that, it. That is sweet. I would like him to meet her sometime, but. Well, you know, yeah. so it makes sense where they, you know, it is the most haunted city. So they have tons of cemeteries that are considered haunted. What's really fascinating about the, their cemeteries mm-hmm. is it's below sea level. So they can't bury their bodies. So oh. they make, they make vaults on top and they have such old and beautiful cemeteries. I mean, just looking at the pictures of the cemeteries, it's like artwork in itself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that sounds weird, but they're, they're beautiful. And, um. One of their, uh, they do have tours they do. It's called, like, the Ungrateful Dead Tour. Nice. <laughs> Which I think is funny. One of the most haunted ones is called the St. Louis Cemetery. And this is, like, perhaps, like, the most famous, you know, historic and most haunted cemetery of all New Orleans. And it has, um, it has stories that have literally, literally been told over and over again for over 200 years. Oh, wow. And perhaps has the most famous ghost of New Orleans, Marie Laval. And she's, you know, she's like the main spirit that actually haunts this cemetery. And um, I think it's just, it's fascinating, especially when you look at the pictures. And um, they're beautiful. They have one that um, St. Rock Cemetery is, and they named, they named this cemetery after a saint that um, is like, the patron of dogs. So they say that you often see dogs roam the cemetery. Interesting. Isn't that, isn't that funny? And, um, yeah, like that's when I looked, I thought it was funny. That is like their main paranormal experience is dogs. Interesting. So I don't know if maybe if that's just like a dog haven for dog spirit or, or what? I did have a conversation, you speak about dog spirit and stuff, with someone that he does not believe that dogs, like, he believes they have a, like, they can feel and everything, but he doesn't believe that they have spirit. And I got, uh, what I said, well, what about those people that, you know, when they're animal, maybe not just a dog, but an animal in general, passes, whether it be like a cat or a dog, I say that because some of the stories that I've heard from people or have read was them feeling their animal jump up on the bed, you know, at nighttime and they can feel them curled up because that's what they did every night. Oh yeah, definitely. That's definitely, there's so much truth to that. I, I feel like, um, just like I've had mediums tell me that I have a black cat that's with me all the time. And I would think that would be my, my cat, um, Satch. And when I was a little girl, he was all black, but he was also like a very protective cat. Okay. So that's, I think that's the cat that they see. I, I do believe that animals have souls. If animals didn't have souls, they wouldn't connect with you the way they do. Well, that's kind of what I said to get that soul I mean, connection. At least that's my belief. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be wrong, whatever, you know, he's entitled to his belief. That's yeah, that's cool. true. I respect that. Um, but you know, animals are living just like we are. And to, I, I don't know. It's kind of caught me off guard a little bit as to think, okay, you believe that humans uh, have th- their spirits kind of linger, mm-hmm. what have you, however you believe in that, but animals don't, you know, yeah. but really the only thing, I mean, I, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on that. I believe that they of, do. I would think so too. But then when you go into reincarnation, because that was another thing I said, I said, well, if you're someone that believes in reincarnation... How would somebody get reincarnated into an animal? Maybe they're then, abusive to animals. You know, right. That's what, But we'd have to have that exchange level to be able to do that. I mean, you're not necessarily going to get Have you ever seen that movie? A... Um, I, I forget exactly. I'll have to look up the title. You know, In a Dog's Life. And basically, it's just a movie that came out either probably last year, I do believe. And I've been wanting to watch it. And it's literally about um, a movie about a dog mm-hmm. who continuously reincarnates. And it shows each of his lives that he reincarnated with and how he served his owners. Okay. It's, it's fast. I, w- I want to watch it, but I also know that I'll cry. Oh, well, yeah. When I watch it. Cause that's inevitable. Yeah. When, uh, yes. When it involves an animal, for sure. They always get me. Yes. yes. 
Well, the military cemetery is extremely a grand cemetery. Um, there's a picture of it. It kind of just okay, shows. Yeah. It's kind of just like, I don't know. It has an eerie, ancient mm-hmm. look to it. I, mm-hmm. I, I like that feel. I think that's what I like about cemeteries. But um, this one, for like over just 100 years, have reports of a lot of different kind of activity where they actually see full-on apparitions and spirits walking around. And you can literally spend hours in this cemetery. It's so large that um, you could get lost in it. Right. But, you know, a lot of different types of paranormal activity have been reported. And that was a, a you say a military? No, um, it's called oh. um, Matari Cemetery. Matari. Oh, okay. Okay. It does look neat. It does. The pictures are really, really neat. Intriguing. Well, because, it, it, you know, it's covered in trees and you can see, you see these vaults and that's where the bodies are placed inside these vaults and they oh, make, the, they make the, the vaults ancient and beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's mystical. They tell a story all of their own. They do. And so I would say that, you know, each family who has good money, they probably have some kind of symbolism on their vaults mm-hmm. to distinguish them and tell a story. Right. Yeah. It's it's beautiful, you know. And this is the Lafayette Cemetery, and um, I think I think what finds it what I find fascinating the most about the New Orleans cemeteries is they they're all like woodsy in mm-hmm. between them too. Yes, and I I think that you know maybe adds to nostalgia or the appeal to the look of the feel of the cemeteries. <laughs> okay, so technical difficulties. Yeah, we're gonna I I. I've been sitting here waiting because I'm super excited to talk about this. I'm not going to hit on this house very, very much right now because we are actually going to make an episode on this house. Um, we're going to throw some true crime into our paranormal. We're going to see how that does for us, too. And I know a lot of our listeners enjoy true crime, too. I enjoy true crime, mm-hmm. and it will be a lot of fun to do the investigating and whatnot with this, but this one seems to be a hot topic lately in the paranormal community, <clears throat> which isn't too far, I say off, for us to go visit. My daughter's got family down here, and she was actually been asking me to go to this for a long time, this oh. location, because you can stay here. Uh, and I'm like, what are you talking? Like, what, what? And then since getting into the paranormal more in depth, I'm like, holy crap, this is really a thing. So I am super excited about this. And it is the Villisca Axe Murder House in Villisca, Iowa. Now, do you see the date on this? Yeah. It, it's, I, I actually, until I didn't put two and two together until I looked it up. But after talking about the Salem Witch Trials, it's actually happened on the same date. Clearly not the same year, but same date as the first um, executions in Salem, June 10th. So on June 10th, 1912, Josiah and Sarah Moore, their four children and two visiting guests were bludgeoned to death inside this quiet Iowa home. The crime remains on the crime remains unsolved and much of the home is still intact from the fa- that fateful night with no running water electricity which provides that special ambience for the many who have shelled out 400 plus dollars to stay a night. But visit the Velisca Axe Murder House at own risk. In 2014, a paranormal investigator who booked a room wound up stabbing himself by the morning. Oh, wow. And see, I, I remember that story, but I did not realize that it was tied into the Velisca House. So that would be, yes, there's lots of stories and lots of um, encounters that people have had. I'm all excited. You see me? I'm like this. <laughs> Uh, about this home. Uh, the address for this home is 508 East 2nd Street in Villisca, Iowa. You can stay there. It's $475, one to six people. They say to keep it lower um, because, you know, it is a small house. You're going to, you know, uh, you can have more than that, but then clearly the price goes up, whatever. So, I I don't know. I really want to, really, really, really want to go there. Uh they said you can stay there. They say to bring like your sleeping bags and stuff because you there are beds that's still set up in that house, but you cannot sleep in the beds and all that jazz. So you'd bring your sleeping bags mm-hmm. and such. Uh, I said there so many stories that go with the Villisca house. I'm gonna shut up about it now because we will get like into what happened, what 
we'll get into the history of the family and everything in a future episode. So keep listening to that because I'm super excited to learn all I can and hopefully get a chance. That'll to be an awesome there. episode. Yeah. Um, the next one is the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. Legend has it that the cause of all the mayhem at one of the most disturbing haunted houses in America stems from a little girl who was the victim of a botched... Uh, that goes with what you yeah. said, but yours was a cemetery. This is a house. But she she had a botched appendicitis. I, I remember this Um, I remember this story. It was... Uh, I remember seeing it on sightings, too. Okay. Well, the appendicitis during a house call at the turn of the century, a family who lived in the Sally house in the 90s documented their experience on the TV show Sightings. <laughs> what? <coughs> Excuse me. Which talked of flying objects, frequent apparitions and scratching, gouging at, and shoving, mainly directed at the male owner. The home is now vacant, vacant but is popular pick for paranormal researchers who have been asking in a, uh, if additional malvoyant spirits have since moved in. That is crazy. I always kind of felt like there there was a little girl spirit there, but there is also an evil spirit there too that was um using her energy. Yes. And then uh you know controlling, controlling her and using her energy to do bad things. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Interesting. Is this one? Oh, this is just New Orleans. Yeah, this is the Lulerie House, New Orleans. Oh. Um actually from American Horror Story. Coven has what? Reignited? Thank you. I Lulerie House, New Orleans, um, American Horror Story. Coven has reignited interest in this famous French Quarter haunt. In this series, Kathy Bates plays real-life socialite and serial killer Madame Delphine Lulerie, who orchestrated a torture chamber for slaves in, at the Royal Street Mansion from 1831 until 1834, when responders to a fire uncovered her dark secret. Lutherese victims are said to haunt the property to this day. Passerbys say they can hear shout-outs, shout-outs, shouts, moans, and weeping, and some say they have seen ghostly faces from the upstairs window. Yet the house's ghastly history hasn't stopped wealthy buyers. Before losing the home to foreclosure in 2009, actor Nicholas Cage owned the house, and today a wealthy oil tycoon is said to hold the deed. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage lost the house in foreclosure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we take Sorry. out of that whole story. I know. I'm just teasing. Sorry. I'm like, well, <laughs> I like him. That is pretty good. Um, I got the Bill what Bell Witch Farms in Adams, Tennessee. Which that's a famous one. It's the age old tale of neighbors at war. A woman named Kate Bats believed her neighbor John Bell cheated her out of some land. And so, lying on her deathbed in the early 19th century, she swore she would haunt him forever. The Bell family said they experienced physical attacks, heard chains dragged across floors, noises in the walls, and saw saw odd-looking animals on their farm, including a dog with a rabbit's head. Oh. Today, you can hear the tour, the property's cave, and reconstructed cabin, and stop by for an annual Bell Witch Festival interesting it is interesting you got you got cemetery yeah well this one i'd like you know the picture that goes with it too and in this picture it's all darkness but you can literally see where orbs are completely flying and not just small ones but huge ones Mm -hmm. like all over it's the william gnog cemetery in westland and this one's in michigan and um it's also known as the butler cemetery and throughout the years you know, visitors report seeing the eerie mist, glowing eyes, and unexplained orbs among the graves. You know, that's kind of creepy when you think about being in a cemetery and you you see glowing eyes and you hear things growling. Where's that's the, creepy. It was the Westland Cemetery? Yep. It's, it's, Why? I it's in um, Westland and it's called the Butler Cemetery. And then there's another one in Union Udell, the Union uh, Udell Cemetery in Ypsilanti. It's situated um, on like a textile type road near Gibsonani. Union Udell Cemetery is thought to be one of the most haunted graveyards in Michigan. It is the final resting place of the witch named Elizabeth, which makes it a must-visit spot for any paranormal investigator. Why does everybody gotta be witches? I know many have reported spotting shadowy beings and hearing growls from inside the cemetery at night. Hmm. Creepy. 
and there's like a cemetery in Ada where they actually have pictures of um like a blue mist that floats around. And then um it's like a misty blue figure and it just kind of lingers over and around the cemetery. And uh again, this is the home of the so-called Ada Witch, a legendary Michigan ghost who is set to tap on suspecting visitors on the shoulder when they pass through the graveyard. Ooh, must go. I know. And these are all close by. I mean, they're not, you know, I wouldn't say they're like so far out of the way you wouldn't be able to, you know, go. I think one of the, you know, top favorites is called the the Nunica Cemetery in Crockery Township. This is like, a, you know, a great place to go for ghost hunters. It's, um, I think it's on M104 in Crockery Township. And it's the resting place for a lot of Civil War veterans and people have seen like um, soldiers throughout the years experiencing sudden coldness in their bodies, hearing voices, and seeing apparitions of a woman that's dressed in white. Always with the dress in white. I know. This one, I just seen, actually, a lot of people go to this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like one, the, the most on popular the, one. On the YouTube channels, paranormal channels, and whatnot, and people doing stuff. Yeah. Yes. I definitely want to, I want to go on a, a Michigan cemetery tour. That would be fun. We could make that a thing. Why why do you think, um, why do you think ghosts haunt cemeteries? Call on me, call on me. I call on you. Okay. I actually was thinking about this the other day because I think random things all the time. And I (laughs) was reading on the, some of the Facebook pages, somebody was like, why does everybody go to a cemetery or a graveyard? Thinking that they're going to get things. People aren't going to haunt cemeteries. And my first thought was, you know, if I became a spirit, um, I will at some time. But, oh, <laughs> my thoughts on this, why cemeteries would be haunted. And I was thinking, you know, I believe that for a lot of people, that's the last place that they see their whole family together. So let's say you got killed tragically in a car accident and most people don't cross over because they are scared or they don't know that they have died. Mm-hmm. So they're like, holy cow. So they're probably following around their family and whatnot. Their bodies get laid to rest and they're like hanging out there trying to figure out what the hell happened. To me, you know, like I said, that's the last place that they're going to see their loved ones all gathered together. Why is everybody here? Why is every, Why is everybody at a funeral? And then they're like, holy hell. I don't know, but that's a lot of energy all at one place, too, and a lot of sad energy. Now, to me, that that would hold somebody there. Yeah, that, that sadness. Because I've heard people say that when they enter certain um, cemeteries, you feel an energy of sadness. I feel, too, that um, you know, they're natural portals. Maybe not all of them, but maybe some of the older ones. Where they have the older trees. I think trees are natural porters, portals, and I think they're able to come through that way. Okay. Whether they belong with that cemetery or not. Because you would think that if you were a spirit and you wanted to, you know, haunt something, that you would connect with your family. Right. But I know my daughter Skylar's talked about experiences that she's had um, just just a couple of weeks ago. She was t- she was with my mom in that the family cemetery, you know, working on the flowers, and she had accidentally stepped on a grave that... um was fresh it was so fresh you couldn't tell that it was a grave okay yeah. and then um all of a sudden the chimes that were right next to her started blowing and she looked down and she stepped off she goes oh my gosh i'm so sorry then all of a sudden the wind chime stopped so she's like she's that creeped me out <laughs> i bet it did it would be too that's for sure and my mom's had had experiences too where um she's fixed flowers on graves of people she didn't know mm-hmm. and has that. turned around and heard you know thank you mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think um, for all many purposes, and maybe it's just a place to be, I guess. I think yeah. spirits everywhere in general. Right. And some people are just more open to that energy that spirits would connect with. So I was kind of wondered, you know, do, they, do they ever need rest? I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I always wondered that. Like, they just go around haunting all the time because, well, you don't always have that where people are consistently having um, 
things happen. Yeah. You know, but, but where do they go at their downtime? I don't know. It, I think they, they go, go to the astral plane. And kind of re... It's, it's like, you know, the astral plane's the same place, but just a different dimension, a higher vibration. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Silly questions I have. That's no, what I think but, about sometimes. But I'm like... It's good to no. think about that kind of stuff. Good. So I'm not silly. Mm-mm. Okay, good. Um, house I have is House of Death in New York, New York. The city that never sleeps is probably just too afraid of the House of Death to close its eyes. <laughs> the famous brownstone off of Fifth Avenue that is reportedly terrorized by a whopping total of 22 guests. The most famous is writer Mark Twain, who lived here from 1900 to 1901. The most heartbreaking is the six-year-old girl beaten to death by her father, criminal prosecutor Joel Steinberg, in 1987. Wow. In addition to sightings of Twain and the young girl, residents say they have seen visions of a lady in white and a gray cat. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. You ever... That's something I could look into with these stories that people say that they see these things. Like, there's the story behind, there's a story why Mark Twain's there, there's a story why that little girl could be stuck there. But then a lot of these stories throw in a lady in white. I wonder if she has something to do, like, if she's actually, like, maybe their guide or showing them around in these places. Or... I think that's, just in general, it, it, to, to bring that up, it, it, it'll sound weird, but, like, this morning... um. I was working out and she just wanted everybody to know she was working out. No, I (laughs) I turned around and there was a little girl in white freaked me out. Normally I don't start like that. I don't don't jump, but I think because I was into doing that, I wasn't focusing on anything. So when I turned around, it was there and it, it jolted me. And, um, so maybe, but, but what I kind of got with it was, it was more, um, angelic that it was angelic energy where they were just there. Of course, I said, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to break an ankle. Right, I'm going to break right? my face because I already can't do the workout. I'm going to fall over. Yeah, and you just want to so, show up yeah. here unannounced. Can't do it. And you didn't mm-hmm. even knock. So I wonder if it's something like that where, you know, the lady in white is kind of just like a guardian angel type thing. That's and that's think, why yeah, she's well, seen so often. Of, right. She, she follows kind of these tragic stories. Because mm-hmm. if you look into the real backstory of why somebody went to some place and then they're like, wait, I didn't see the young girl, but I saw a lady in white. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but there's no backstory to this lady in white where there is a backstory to the young girl. There's a backstory to Mark Twain at this location. But a lot of these stories that you hear, you know, whether somebody got murdered at this location or they just randomly passed away that, you know, I yeah. Bringing, I, it's bringing light energy to the, the situation. Yeah. Huh. That's an interesting. Um, I like that. And of course, the Lizzie Borden house. Everybody knows this one. I almost forced your dad to go see mm-hmm. that while we were in Salem because it was literally over like an hour and a half away. I almost said, I'm like, nah, we'll save it. Save, yeah, I used to be it. fascinated with the story. Okay. When I was growing up. Like, nice. Kind of. Yeah, we watched way. the Netflix thing that they had on this. Um, Lizzie Borden is still laughing about getting away with murder, according to some. Late at night, she can be heard crackling at the top of the stairs near where she gave her stepmother 40 wax. I will not do that to you. I hope I (laughs) But she's not the only spirit who haunts the scene of the 1892 crime. Both of her axe parents are said to stop the grounds and does a maid screaming for help, according to the guest of the Now Museum and the B&B. Lizzie Borden House attracts guests from all over the world, especially for the anniversary reenactment every August. Oh. Well, they reenact it? That's kind of creepy. <laughs> now, I thought I was, like, morbid for wanting to go to certain places or being infatuated, but to actually reenact a murder, a gruesome murder? Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's so much story behind, you know, the Lizzie Borden murders. You know, the dad supposedly yes. wasn't right and was doing things to her. The stepmother was mean to her. Mm-hmm. But they literally caught her. Yeah. Um, they caught her burning her clothing. Well, yeah. But they acquitted her because she was an aristocrat. And mm-hmm. it was unthinkable that a, an aristocrat would be capable of such a crime. That's what, you know, you know the poorer classes yes. did. So, 
even though they knew she did it, they had the evidence, they let her go. Because of who she was. Yep. Her name. Hmm. Not much has changed. Uh, so I'm just Somewhat, saying. yeah. <laughs> Another one, the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Now, everybody knows this one, too. Of course, I hear Winchester. Besides, yep, Winchester makes a sweet gun. I think of Sam and Dean Winchester from Supernatural. I'm <laughs> like, yay! So, <clears throat> her husband developed the gun that won the West. Ta-da! Which came back to bite Sarah Winchester in the butt. <laughs> I married a Winchester. Aww. <laughs> oh, yay. After losing her husband and her young daughter, the win- widow Winchester consulted a spiritualist who alleged the family was being haunted by American Indians, Civil War soldiers, and others killed by the famous rifle. It was recommended that the Winchesters move west and use her $20 million inheritance to continuously build a home to appease the spirits. What was erected between 1884 and 1922, now known as the Winchester Mystery House, was a sprawling 160-room mansion with haphazard architecture that leads... was a sprawling 160-room mansion that haphazard architecture that leads touring guests to nowhere, though there is spirit guides. Interesting. I want to go. That would be cool. I want to go. Oh, here's one in Salem. I know. This is the one. We didn't go see this one. Because <gasps> you're saving it. It is. Joshua Ward House, Salem, Massachusetts. Ah, I said I've been working on that. <laughs> this brick mansion built for a prominent merchant in 1784 is the exact site where Sheriff George Corwin, a major figure in the Salem witch trials, lived, died, and buried in 1697, though later exhumed. Corwin was known as the strangler for the 19 men and women executed for witchcraft under his watch. He is said to still creep around the grounds with some visitors claiming they have been choked by him and he's apparently not alone. One of his victims was famously ca- bleh, famously captured in all her this helvished glory by a realtor taking photos of the property. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, they say that guy was Corey. Too, haunts that property. As he should. He should. I hope he scares the crap out of that other ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope he haunts We him. all know how we feel about Guy's Corey. That's right. <laughs> um, I got another one. Lump Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. Even all the beer in the world won't necessarily lead to happiness. What? I can't let Sean read that. Those dirty little liars. Yeah. All right, stop. We don't need this kind got, of negativity. I got to flip over this table. Just kidding. <laughs> it's bolted to the wall. I can't. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> Case in point, the Lemp family purveyors of Lemp Brewing Company, a stalwart in St. Louis before Prohibition hit, four members of the family killed themselves between 1904 and 1949. Three of them inside the 33-room Victorian mansion where they allegedly still reside haunting guest of the converted restaurant and inn and has been listed by Travel Channel as one of the most terrifying real haunted houses in America. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. We'll hit there on our way down to uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. (laughs) Right on our way to New Orleans. It's one in Connecticut. Haunting in Connecticut house. (laughs) How creative for the name. (laughs) That's a good movie. Yes. I'm like, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> in Southington, Connecticut. The drama the Snedeker family experienced in the 80s living in this haunted house and former funeral home was crazy enough to be turned into a popular horror flick in 2009. The pick is... Bleh. That pick is of the movie house, the real house, a private residence remains shrouded in mystery. During a two-year span, both of the Snedeker parents claimed to have been physically assaulted and sodomized by demonic spirits and said their son Philip was often visited by a creepy man with long black hair. A new family claims the home is spirit-free and normal, except for the routine drive-bys, which have often forced police to add backup patrols. See, that's another thing with the Amityville Horror House. Mm -hmm. house. I love those movies, but if you know your history on it, fake they wanted to make money. You want to know how much money that they only made after it coming out? Mm-hmm. 
was $200,000. Oh. And they actually paid a priest to come in and say, yeah, he got attacked by those flies. He did this. He did that. They paid him to do that. Now, when the courts got involved, the priest was like, oh, no, that didn't happen. They paid me to do it. So after paying all these other legal fees and stuff and being paid for the movies and whatnot, they only made off with $200,000, which I say only. That is a lot of money. But that's... But still, yeah. yeah. They wanted more. So now these poor people that do live in that house... Get you know, tortured. Could, yes, because of people driving by and this and that and the other thing, you know, and their house is always online because people... I got a picture there everywhere the house moved. Mm-hmm. The story... It's a great story. It is great a great movie. Story. Some of my favorite movies. But it's fake. It's all oh. fake. I was crushed. I would be too. I was crushed because I grew up watching all those movies and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, so cool. Now, I, yeah. As far, I mean, things may have happened there, whatever, but what was said to happen did not happen. The the paranormal events. Yeah. The yep. murder happened there, right? Yes, to go yes. Murders. Yep. Yeah. And that's why those people got it super, super cheap. And then to add to that, because they wanted to make fortune off the murders and buying that house. Oh, who wouldn't buy a house super cheap? I don't know if I would if a murder happened there. I don't know if I'd live in it. Uh, just because that is something horrific. I Yeah. But, you know, they lived there for X amount of time and then moved out shortly thinking that they're going to make money off from this, you know, but they added, they embellished the paranormal happenings happening. It is an axe murder house. But we still have yet to confirm that paranormal happenings happen there. Did I say axe? It's not an axe murder house, is it? It's just murders. Yeah, it was just murders. He went with a shotgun. Oh, yep. Mm, axe. Just axe. Axe murders, shotgun murders. Still be a murderer. Uh, we got Los Belize Murder Mansion in Los Angeles, California. Gas Love... <laughs> Let me slow it down. It sounded funny when it came out. Goths love to picnic in the backyard here, and several major new news publications have written about the hauntings experienced by tr- trespassers to this mystor- mysterious murder house. In 1959, Dr. Harold Pearlson beat his wife to death with a hammer in the mansion, severely wounded his daughter, and then drank a glass of acid to off himself. The Inera's family bought the... The Inera's family bought the... Oh my God! I dilapidated, dilapidated. The Inera's family bought the... the um, a family bought the, the okay, a, a family bought this structure at auction years ago and used it only for storage purposes. In the spring of 2016, the house was finally cleared of the clutter, much of it dating back to the mid-20th century, and put up for auction that hasn't stopped locals' interest in it. Farnsworth House in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The waiters at this inn won't be the only ones dressed up in the Civil War era clothes. Expect to see some long dead Confederate soldiers clad simmons. That says ass. It does say ass. You'll see some dressed up uh, con- Confederate soldiers ghost as well. <laughs> During the Battle of Gettysburg, many of the South soldiers hid and died, which explains the 100 plus bullet pox in the brick walls. After the fighting in the era area was over, the house became a hospital for soldiers. Whether at the inn or in the area... Learn about some of the weird supernatural occurrences during the go- during a ghost tour. So go there, or if you're in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, head on over to a ghost tour. I would. I think they sound like fun. Although, I like to wander. Yeah, kind of just look yourself. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, the last one we have here, at least for haunted houses, is Molly Brown House in Denver, Colorado. The unsinkable Molly Brown was one of the only people to survive the Titanic. Oh. But she wasn't entirely unstoppable. She died in New York in 1932. It said Brown, along with her husband and mother, still haunt the prized Victorian home acquired in 1893, where she spent mo- uh, much of her adult life and which is now a museum with artifacts from her life. Visitors say they have seen apparitions in the dining room. That's cool. And uh, rearranged furniture and similar strange occurrences in the former room of Brown's child, Catherine, who died at a young age. Hmm. Always forget about the Titanic. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. Talking away from the mic. 
that's always fun to go back through and listen to. Anything else you want to say to our listeners? No, just thank you for listening. Yeah, keep doing it. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> you know, share it. Get other people to listen. Yes, yes. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Why keep something awesome to yourself? Oh, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> selfish, to be honest. Well, we're going <clears> to... <throat> I always say that we got something awesome coming up, because we always do. But we have um, some sweet investigations coming up. We have throw in some paranormal true crime in there, just because I do find that interesting. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm at home, and he's doing his research. I end up, like, looking over his shoulder, because I want to do some of that, too, but it can tie into the paranormal stuff. We want to find out why some of these people are haunting still. What happened oh, yeah. to them? What Why they can't cross over? So that's where the true crime part comes in. You know, what? Maybe we can go to some of these locations sometime and help them because we did our research behind it. Yeah. So I wanted to give a shout out to some of the countries that are listening. Get a load of this. <laughs> Canada, Sweden, the UK. Sweden is above UK right now. Oh, no. They came out of nowhere. I you can't like, let that Whoa. happen. That was pretty awesome. In Canada, you guys always have our backs. We love you. Um, in the UK, Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, Finland, Netherlands, Spain, Belgium, Germany, South Africa, Japan, and France. Cool. And there's a bunch more, but I just didn't feel like writing them down. That's really, really mean of me to say, but we'll get you next time. We love all of you, and don't forget to tell your friends and family about the podcast. Don't forget to write in your stories, questions, comments, or even concerns. We want to hear everything. Yeah. So, you know, at least we can back ourselves up if you have a question or fix something that we may have, excuse me, done wrong. Give us ideas. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you would like to support Paranormal XL Podcast, um, check out our Patreon page. See what you can get you can get from helping us out. That link will be in the notes section of the podcast. There's also links on the Facebook for that. I'm going to say, remember, (laughs) remember, don't yuck someone else's yum ever. Thank you. Bye.